You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at WeddingtonChurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, we'll begin at verse 18. Matthew 1, and while you're turning, I know that uh, Pastor Rocio was sharing with you a moment ago about all the various Christmas Eve services that we're having, and again, we encourage you to take a look. Some of them are in this building, some are in the other building. We're going back and forth, and that's intentional because that allows unload this parking lot while filling up that parking lot, and back and forth a little bit, we'll, we'll have a GPS telling us where we need to be through all of those multiple services uh, next Sunday. And also just share with you, there'll all be candlelight communion services. For those of you who are worshiping with us online, uh, we'll also stream the first two of the services, both praise and worship and then traditional. Uh, And then they will be posted as well. So if you're unable to be here, any of you next Sunday, but you want your family to be able to worship together, you'll be able to do that as well. So we encourage you to do so. And I remind you, even though we only have 600 services next Sunday, (laughs) if you come to one of the early ones and then go, I want to come back now for the later Christmas Eve service, the sermon will be incredibly familiar to you at that point. (laughs) There will not be six different sermons. I just want to go ahead and make that very clear up front. Um, So, but we are looking forward to celebrating the gift of the Christ child. Matthew chapter 1 beginning at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, look, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. And he named him Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, we're just so grateful for your love and grace, and we are grateful for the privilege of worship together. We are grateful for the privilege of studying your holy word. And God, as I now stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. It must be an interesting life to be an angel. 
Now, some of the roles of angels, as we began looking at last week, are awesome. Like, you get to praise God all the time. You get to worship God, be in the presence of God, you know, be with all the others. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Then there are other roles that are not necessarily so easy. Like, I need you to go talk to these human beings and tell them what my plan is and get them to go along with it. Ah, not so easy there. Now we looked last week, the Greek word for angel is angelos, which means a messenger of God. Angels were messengers or are messengers of God that come and, and reveal to us. And last week we had the privilege of watching as the angel Gabriel went and had conversation with Mary, this beautiful young lady who was engaged and thrilled to be getting married. And all of a sudden, the angel appears to her, greetings favored one. She's terrified. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You've been blessed by God. You have been graced by God. And at first, she's perplexed, and it takes her a while to figure out what is happening. Well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The child to be born will be holy. He'll be the Son of God. Wow. And then Mary, I think after taking a a little time to deal with it, said, well, here am I, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Well, now now it's time to talk to Joseph. An angel's got to come and talk to Joseph and share with Joseph what Mary has just found out. And and even though, now remember that even though Matthew is the first gospel and, and Luke is the third one, what the message to Mary had already occurred when it was time to talk to Joseph because Mary's already talked to him. Now, just kind of picture this scene. I mean, here's this young man. He's engaged to this lovely young lady and just so excited and getting the home ready because in biblical times, you might remember that a couple gets engaged and engagements in biblical time are being betrothed was like a legal agreement, legal engagement. They were legally married for all practical purposes. They just had not moved together and consummated the marriage, but, but, but they were fully engaged, fully married in that sense. And, and and he's getting the home ready because one of the things you would do is the bridegroom would then go to the bride's home and get his bride and escort her back to their new home. And it would be there that the wedding festivities would occur and, and the reception and the celebration and the dancing and the singing and the feasting and all those things would occur. So he's got to get the house ready and, and everything's going well. And, and then one day Mary says, we need to talk. Oh, you can just tell by the tone of voice sometimes, can't you? We need to talk. Well, strangest thing happened to me today, Joseph. Yeah? Well, there was an angel appeared, really. And yeah, this angel appeared to me, and I was scared to death, but he told me not to be afraid. And, and then the angel told me that I was blessed by God, that I had been graced, favored, caressed by God. Of course, you know, young couples, they, they're just so in love as they're getting ready to get married. I'm sure Joseph just kind of went, honey, I could have told you that. You are so blessed by God. I knew that's why I love you the way I do. That's why I want to marry you. You know how we guys talk. <laughs> and so, you know, just, you know, that's all this stuff. And then all of a sudden Mary says, but then he said the oddest thing. And 
there's just something you need to know, and, and that is that um, I'm going to have a baby. Um, and I know that's, because Joseph, you can just imagine, like, what? Well, you know, it's, it's God's child. It's, here's what the angel said and the Holy Spirit and tries to explain everything. And I think we read the Bible way too fast. I've shared that with you before, that sometimes when we read it, we read it so fast. Like, you know, uh, and the angel said, you know, this happened. And, and then the angel comes up and says, don't be afraid. And he goes, okay, we just slow down, read it. Because that conversation didn't go well. Did you notice the conversation didn't go well? Actually, did you catch in there that, that what Matthew told you was that, that Joseph was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace Mary, so he was going to divorce her quietly? Did, did you catch that the wedding's off? The conversation didn't go phenomenally well. The, wedding, the wedding's off. It was just more than he could comprehend. It was more than he could understand. This just doesn't make sense. And, and, and it, for all practical appearances, it would appear that Mary had, had dishonored Joseph and dishonored his whole family. And, and, and he, was, he was a good man. He, he didn't want to hurt her, and, but she had wronged him. Now, one of the things that, that I find interesting in our culture and in our world today, especially, you know, those of us Christians in the West, is we are far more intelligent than anyone has ever been in the past. And, and, and what I mean by that is sometimes we look back at these people and we justify things by going, well, back in the day, they just didn't understand. We're the enlightened ones. He knew how biology worked. Now, without getting y'all in trouble, you know, to where y'all are going to have long conversations this afternoon, he knew where babies came from. Right? He knew how it worked, and for all practical purposes, the only thing that he could get to work in his mind is somebody's been unfaithful. Did, did you catch that the wedding is off? And, and then, you know, one of the questions that's often asked, too, is how much choice would he really have if this got out? If you study the culture of the day, like if you read the Cultural Background Study Bible, the note there says that sexual unfaithfulness was grounds for divorce throughout the ancient world. Both law and custom, in fact, required that one divorce an unfaithful spouse or fiancé. It was required. Adultery, it's over. It's, it's the deal breaker. It's, it's over. And not only that, if, if you really want to, to see something interesting, go back in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 22. And I know some of y'all read Deuteronomy as your devotional material every day. And for those of you who do not think that's funny, you need to read your Bible more. <laughs> Nobody reads Deuteronomy as devotional material. But back in Deuteronomy, it said that, that it was a law that if someone committed adultery like that, if someone was engaged or married in adultery, Kurt, you were to take both the man and the woman out and stone them to death. Now, not only that, but you're actually then to take, for example, Mary in this case, the woman in this case, to the gate of her parents' home and in front of their home you would stone her to death because she had disgraced the entire family. I want you to know that and catch that because Joseph does not want that to happen. But the wedding's off. 
Do you catch that? He doesn't want her harmed, but the wedding is off. So God says to an angel, somebody needs to go talk to Joseph. I was at an event not long ago where there was a group that was playing some Bible trivia, Christmas trivia, and one of the questions was, what was the name of the angel that appeared to Joseph? And everybody was going, Gabriel, Gabriel. Eh, we don't know that. We know Gabriel appeared to Mary. We're not told who appeared to Joseph. It may have been Gabriel. It would make sense to be Gabriel. Look, Joseph, I, I had this conversation. I'm the one that appeared to Mary. I told her these things. But having conversation with Joseph was going to be tough. It could have been a different angel. They could have been in heaven going, look, I'll go talk to Mary. You go talk to Joseph. Mm -mm, I'll go talk to Mary. You go talk to Joseph. We don't know who it was because it was not going to be an easy conversation to go up to somebody who's madly in love, been preparing the home, just received this knowledge, and you've got to reveal what God is doing. So the angel looks at Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. You don't have to be afraid. This is a God thing. And I need you to take her as your wife. God, this is a God plan. Don't be afraid to do this. Now, I love reading C.S. Lewis. Some of you have read C.S. Lewis. He is a big biblical scholar from Oxford who was an atheist and, and just could not get his head around the Christian faith. And the more he tried to resist, the more he began to believe in God. And became one of the great theologians of our time. Wrote some amazing books. The Chronicles of Narnia. That kids often read and listen to or watch the movies. And screw tape letters. Mere Christianity. But he has another one called Miracles. And in the book Miracles. One of the things that he shares pretty openly. And it, it just makes so much sense. If, if God created the world. And God was the one that put order in the world. And God was the one who goes. This is how things are going to work in the world. And, and this is how. You know, this is the system of the world. That the God who created that. Could on occasion intervene. And change his plan. Or change his system. We call that miracles. When God intervenes. But the creator God can intervene within his creation periodically to change things. Joseph, don't be afraid. This is a God thing. God is intervening here. I know how things normally work, but this is different. Because the God who set it up is intervening. The God who set it up is doing something different. But then he looks at Joseph and he goes, and you've got a role to play. See, the purpose of the angel's visit to Joseph is not simply to go, you need to understand what God is doing with Mary. You need to understand what God is doing with Mary because God needs you to do something too. God is actually calling both of them. Did you catch both of them have purposes? God calls them. Mary, this is your role. Joseph, this is your role. I mean, listen to what the angel said. Joseph, son of David, takes his lineage all the way back to 
David. You see, the Messiah that we've been waiting for, and Matthew tells us at the very beginning, actually the first verse as he starts is, this is about Jesus the Messiah, and here in this scripture, here's how the birth of Jesus the Messiah occurs. This is the Christ, this is the one we've been waiting for, and you are that descendant. Remember how the Messiah, the Christ, will be a descendant of David. Joseph, son of David, God's doing something here. And you're to take Mary as your wife. You're to take this child and name him Jesus. Now, that's not simply saying, and I've already picked out the baby's name, uh, the baby's name is Jesus. That's not what this is about. It's so much deeper than that. Did you know that in biblical times, the role of naming the child was the role of the father? In biblical times, the, the role of naming the child was the role of the father. That's why the names are so creative. John, I'm kidding. Right? And, and so here's part of the reason for that. And, and that is, it's pretty obvious who the mother is. This is the mother of the child. But when the father named the child, it was a very sacred moment where the father goes, this is my child. This is my son. This is my daughter. Here is their name. They're part of us. They're part of me. They're part of my being. It actually absolves any suspicion of anything else that's going on. Alan Culpepper, for example, who's a biblical scholar, said the father's act of naming his child was legally important because it was a public acknowledgement that this child was his. If a man said, this is my son, he may be believed. By claiming Jesus... Joseph absolved Mary of any hint of guilt of adultery and tied Jesus to his family and his lineage. Jesus was therefore the son of God through the Holy Spirit and the son of David and the son of Abraham through Joseph's acceptance of this child as his own. It was not just, hey, she's going to have a kid and I picked out the name Jesus. I need you to name and claim this child as your own. Do you, do you hear that? It's an expectation. Now, the expectation, too, and when you're naming a child is that typically you would try to pull some sense of a family name in some way that, you know, this is part of our family. And you're going to name him Jesus. I can imagine his family going, what, Jesus? We don't have a Jesus in our family. You're going to name him Jesus, Yeshua, which means God saves. Yahweh is salvation. He will save his people from their sins. See, Joseph had a calling too. Mary, you're going to conceive and bear a child. The child of God, you, you will be the mother of God. And Joseph, I need you to claim him as your own to name him, to claim him. And to make sure the world knows that, that he is Yeshua, Jesus, because this is God saving the world. One of the other reasons I think the angel appeared to Joseph, because God knew Joseph was the one that would actually listen to what he had to say. The thing that makes Joseph stand out is his obedience 
As soon as the angel finishes, then Joseph takes Mary as his wife. Now remember, the the wedding was off. But he believes now. And he takes her as his wife. He names the child Jesus. This is my kid. I claim this child. He's part of my family, who I am, my lineage. He's part of my life. And then he obeys. He obeys. Now, if you keep reading that scripture and you go on down to Matthew chapter 2, for example, you'll hear the story how after the wise men came, there's another time that an angel appear and Joseph will obey. Scripture says in verse 13 of chapter 2, Now after they, meaning the wise men, had left, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and he went to Egypt, and he remained there until the death of Herod. And you keep reading, skip down to verse 19, it'll happen again. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. See, God had a call for both Mary and Joseph. The call to Joseph was, just, was not, I just need you to understand what God's doing with Mary. I need you to understand what God is doing with both of you. For God is using both of you to be the vessel and the tool and the vehicle of God's amazing grace to the world. And Joseph was obedient. No excuses. God, I'm a carpenter. It's hard to pick up a business and leave. He does what God said when God said to do it. This is a a God thing. Now, God things are terrifying to us. They always are. But what's happening this week with Christmas, this is a God thing. And the angel of God who appeared to Joseph shares that same message to us today. And that is, you have a role in this. It's not just to be passive, but you have to be actively involved in what God is doing here. And the thing that you have to do is you too then have to name this child. This is Jesus, the name that is above every other name, Paul says. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Do you you name the name of Jesus? And do you claim him as your own? It's part of my life, my family, my home. And thanks be to God, our church. This is who we are. As a matter of fact, Dr. Douglas Hare, in his commentary, says, This is fully in keeping with Matthew's understanding of the Christian religion. For him, meaning Matthew, as for Paul, God is the supreme actor in the drama of salvation, Christmas. God's grace, although Matthew never uses this Pauline term, is prevenient. It goes before us. 
The first evangelist, Matthew, however, insists that the human response to saving grace must be active and not merely passive. As we shall see, the key to his perception is found at the climax of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. See, this is not simply about coming and seeing what God does in the nativity. It's about then becoming part of it. When God gives us the invitation to name the name that is above other, every other name, the name of Jesus the Christ, and to claim him, to claim him as part of our lives, our family, our home, our church. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your love and grace, and thank you for the angel who appeared to Joseph. Sometimes when we hear the stories, we're kind of like Joseph. We just want to walk away. But God, thank you for continuing to reveal to us who you are, what you're doing. Telling us we do not have to be afraid. It's a God thing. And that we are called to be a part of what you are doing. Pour out your Holy Spirit on each one, each family, each home this church and help us dear God to be faithful and obedient so that the wedding is back on in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.